quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. When our kids are born, we have expectations as to how our family will interact. What we certainly aren't ready for are the struggles we encounter with the people we love the most. We are here for the parent who feels like they've tried it all, for the parent who feels like they have to yell to be heard, for the parent who is tired of timeouts and kids fighting all day. We are here for you. We believe when parents feel supported and heard, they are able to come to parenting more centered. We offer tools to navigate the messiness of life with kids. We are Peace in Parenting. We're back for another episode of the Peace and Parenting podcast. I'm Gemma and I'm here with Michelle. Hi, Gemma. How are you? You know what I kept saying? Like I wanted to start our episodes with something that's going well because I, I kind of like that because I use I do my meetings like that. Yeah. So tell me one thing, Gemma, in your world that's going well right now. Okay. We're having huge wins with Caleb right now because he had a little break from school and we were terrified that he wasn't going to want to go back and he happily went back and that's huge for us and it took a huge like weight off both of our shoulders because he just walked right in (laughs) oh that's so lovely yeah you're doing something right um I think for me uh work is going really well I'm really excited about a really big upcoming project and I'm not going to talk too much about it but I've been working hard on it and it should be out in the spring and I'm really excited and and um it's like a new path for me so I'm kind of re-energized to work hard and I'm excited about that yeah you're always working hard So what are we talking about today? Okay, we're talking about changing our behavior in order to change our children's. Yeah, for me, when I first became a parent, I I mean, I think when you first become a parent, you're totally overwhelmed, right? You just (laughs) get the kids fed, get the breastfeeding going or bottle feeding or whatever you're doing and make sure people are safe and and nourished and healthy. Mm -hmm. And... Um, before long, I, I, all of a sudden I had a, you know, a toddler who was very assertive and asserted herself and, you know, began to say no to me, began to refuse to do things and began to be defiant. And I thought, what do you mean? I'm like this attachment parent. I've done all this work. How could you defy me? You have everything. You have all the nourishment you could want. I'm here with you all the time. What more could you need? Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I was shocked. I was in total shock when those no's and defiance and tantrums and all that stuff started coming. I thought, no, 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 this isn't happening to me because I'm doing it, quote unquote, right. But what I didn't realize is that my reactions to those behaviors, the defiance and the refusal to do things, 
ended up being where we got caught. And I wanted to so badly say, okay, my child's misbehaving. I need help. I need her to change. I need her. I need to find a way to manipulate her behavior so that she can behave better. Because if she behaves better, then everything's okay. Because the problem is not me. The problem is her. She's not doing well. She's being defiant. And and I was a teacher, right? So I thought I you would think like, oh, you have this like you got whole it. Yeah. yeah, or the but like you knew child development, right? Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I'm like, no, 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 my kid isn't going to be the super defiant tantruming one. They're not going to have that developmental milestone because I'm doing it quote unquote right, <laughs> you know. And so I was constantly looking for a solution, a solution to fix her. Would it be, you know, this week it was timeout. Timeout was going to be it. That was it. That was all she needed. It was a deterrent. It would get her to behave well. And if she behaved well, we would feel better. So we would try timeout for a while. And that didn't work. Yeah. So then I thought, hmm, maybe I'll do star charts, you know, positive reinforcement, <laughs> attaboys, toys, you know, bribery. And I went deep into that world. And sure, it, it did work actually for a little bit. For a few weeks, it was like, oh, this is heaven. We're, we've got it. She's so obedient. And this is what mm-hmm. I need. I need her to be obedient, not have feelings, you know, be a little robot so that I could function. Because when she got off kilter, it made me insane. It right. pushed me over the edge. Mm-hmm. This is making me think of Caleb's school stuff because... His first year, he wouldn't go back, and I was counting on him to change his behavior. I was like, something's wrong with him. Let's go to therapy. Like, he has PTSD. Like, why can't he just deal with throw up? But now when I look back, I'm like, it was me. Like, I was so high strung. Every time I dropped him off, I'm sure he, like, felt my heart racing as I was carrying him in. Like, please, God, let him stay at school today. And this year when I went into it, I was like, I'm going to be calm. Like, he's going to cry when I drop him off, but I'm going to be the calm person here. Like, it was all about me projecting what I was feeling onto him and then he reacted and then I reacted because I'm like what are you doing like why do we all have anxiety all of a sudden but it Mm -hmm. stemmed from me yeah it's so hard to get there though because you're so focused on them right and the behaviors and the modifications it's almost like you drive yourself insane trying to find an answer Mm -hmm. what's going to be my answer I also think the expectations that we put on them more than they can handle and then for me I get like really embarrassed in front of my family when they act a certain way or I I did I don't think I do as much now and so I would act like a different person in front of people instead of just like always remaining calm Mm -hmm. like I'm still Mm -hmm. here I'm not going to change no matter where we are Mm -hmm. I can take whatever you throw at me in front of anyone totally and that's the unconditionality of love right Mm -hmm. if you can do that And that becomes like, I'm going to love you. Yeah, it does. It's really hard, but I'm going to love you in your worst hour. I'm going to love you when you're tantruming. I'm going to stay calm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you I'm solid. I'm okay. And I can do that. Now, the the thing that people will say was like, well, how do you do that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that's, that's, that's it. And I think where it starts is you practice it, mm-hmm. right? You say, okay, today when something, when there's a tantrum, when the food is thrown on the ground, when the little brother is being hit by the big brother, can I practice staying calm? Can I be neutral? And can I regulate myself? Right. And I just read this morning, a meme came up that said, every time you want to yell or react and you don't, you rewire your brain. 
Hand in hand parenting. I saw that oh, too this that morning. Hand in yeah. Hand? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, that's huge. Cause yesterday I lost it a little bit. Cause Jonah was just defying me all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and by the end of the day, I was, I let it out. I just like yelled a little bit and then I reeled it right back in and I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Still here. Like we are rewiring because that's what it takes. I think. Yeah. That's what it takes. It's just practice. And I think people think, well, what's the magic thing? What can I do? What can I, and it's self-awareness, right? We're aware that this is what's happening. I need to change my behavior because guess what? The three-year-old isn't going to change unless we do. Right. And they are going to continue to be a three-year-old. They have an immature limbic system. They have an immature prefrontal cortex. They can't handle what's going on in the world. We should be able to, even though we're probably as immature as they are. Yeah, well, we have to reparent. Yeah, and we have to reparent ourselves and heal our inner child and blah, 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 all that stuff. But I think when it really comes down to it, it's practice. It's practicing Yes, I will stay calm today in this one moment. Okay, now, like you said, you're rewiring, right? You have a new synapsis. Your brain is telling your body, oh, you can you can behave this way on the left side. You don't have to go all the way to the right side to screaming and yelling. And that each time you choose the right thing to do, right thing to do, each time you choose to be calm, that it becomes more part of your nature, your fiber. Mm -hmm. And that's all you can do. You can't, there is no magic wand. There is no trick. (laughs) I would have discovered it with all my research by now. (laughs) You didn't find it, Gemma? No, it's not there. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) Another thing for me that's so helpful is when Dan is home or like at a play date with a friend and my kids are acting a certain way. I used to get so uptight, but if I like relax and like wink at my friend or like laugh with my friend or put this hand up and like flip the child off under the hands they don't see and laughing it helps me not feel so much pressure in the situation for them to behave a certain way yeah it's like the taking it personally thing I'm just like let me laugh it off for a second I got it yeah we don't have to we don't have to take it so much to heart and that I think that's another important point like it's not an assault against us right They aren't crying and tantruming and defying us because they're mad at us or that they're trying to get to us. They're just having their own life experience. Mm -hmm. And this is how they're reacting because they don't know how else to react. And if we don't model good reactions, they're going to continue to, (laughs) they're going to go down that poor reactivity for a long time. It's like your post today when you were like, you said S-H-I-T and then Esme said it. (laughs) Yeah. I would know Pia. Well, she said, and to even take it a step further, my dad said a bad word. Oh, no. And then she goes, oh, he gets mad at me if I say, (laughs) damn it. And I was like, you're right. And then I, you know, and, and my dad said to me, yeah, but you know, I can teach the kids that they, they shouldn't do as I, as I do, or as I say, I I hate that thing, but you can't teach that because what you've already taught is what you've modeled. Right. And I did, I had somebody on Instagram DM me and say, well, I just don't believe this is true. You know, I don't believe that, that you weren't harming anyone because you said S-H-I-T and that, you know, I don't feel the same for the child. It's not a, you know, it's not an appropriate choice for them. And I'm thinking, well, then what are we really teaching them? We're teaching them, you know, hypocrisy, right? And the same thing goes with the behaviors. We're teaching our kids hypocrisy. If we say you have to self-regulate, you have to be okay. You have to change your behaviors, but I'm not going to change mine. It's not because you No, and it's, it's hypocritical. It really is. And so in those moments, now we're teaching, not only are we teaching how to not regulate, but now we're teaching that 
we're hypocrites. Yeah. And then they can't trust us. Like they, our actions don't align with what we're trying to teach. So who even are we to them? <laughs> no exactly. Sense. It doesn't make any sense. And so we, we really, it really all. So when I think, when, when I think back on when I first started parenting, when I first started learning about all this stuff and I first thought, wow, I have to change. This isn't even about my children. None of this is about my children. This is all coming from me. Every single thing that was going on in my household, the sibling rivalry, the defiance, the tactile defensiveness, the everything that was going on with Esme especially was stemming from the way I was acting. And when I started to change little things, she began to come around. I see this with Dan when he's gone He'll do like 48 hour stretches at work. Work, work. I'm distracted by your stretching. Sorry. I'm just doing a little yoga. Sorry. <laughs> um, so when he's gone for multiple days, I start to deteriorate and then the boys slowly start to deteriorate. And part of it is like, I'm not as good about special time when he's gone. So today I was at mm-hmm. my wits end with Jonah. Like he has just been so special. He's dropping his nap. Baby he boy. And he's so different than Caleb. I think he's a strong-willed and I Caleb was not like that. They're tough. Yeah. So today I was like in my head and I sometimes feel like he's psychic. Like he knows what I'm thinking or he just like reads my energy so well. But all I wanted was to get away from him. Like that's the mm-hmm. message I was giving out. And instead, the minute Dan got home, I was like, you take Caleb upstairs. I'm going to do a special time with Jonah. And it flipped a switch. Like, my behavior changed, my vibes changed, everything about me changed, and then he changed, and we were, like, mm-hmm. suddenly connected, and he was crying at the end of special time. He didn't want to be done, and I'm like, I don't want to be done either. I gave him five extra minutes because I'm like, I love you. Where were you all this time? <laughs> they were hidden in their feelings. Right. I, in my head, when my kids were little, I thought, what's wrong? How could anything be wrong with you? Right. You have the perfect life. Mm-hmm. But life isn't perfect and their little lives are not perfect. And even though we think they're not having experiences that are trying, they really are. Mm-hmm. Siblings are hard, you know, being controlled is hard. Not having a say is difficult. Being upset is monumental because you're not used to it and it's it's dysregulating. It's hard. And, mm-hmm. and acknowledging that they're having a life experience that's not always easy has made that easier for me to understand their behaviors too. And it's also the messages we were told as children, because I remember always being told like, you have everything, you have more toys than any kids. There are kids starving. Like we're taking all this to goodwill. And I really internalized that. And now I think I project that onto my children. Cause I'm like, you literally have everything you could ever want. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting too, is now that my, um, you know, I'm, separated and soon to be divorced, um, I think, wow, my kids really don't have everything. You know, they've gone through this like big, huge thing in their life and they've got an extra reason (laughs) to like have their feelings. It's given me more empathy for them. And I think if we could think about all kids, not every kid's going to have to go through a divorce, but guess what? No kid is coming out of this world with married parents or divorced parents or parents who died or parents who are still living conflict or no conflict. Nobody's getting out unscathed. Mm-hmm. We're all going to go through big stuff yeah. and we have to have empathy for our kids around all of it. And when they're like sitting zoning out, they're thinking like really deep thoughts. They really are. Like yeah. They're a full human being. Yeah. Something else I read was take five minutes a day and just sit by yourself 
put your phone down and close your eyes and just like breathe, like count your breaths and breathe mm-hmm. five minutes mm-hmm. a day and then do five gratitudes and it will change a lot for you. I mean, yeah, I that's it. a lot. That's a lot of, that's a lot, big chunk of time. I mean, honestly, like five minutes and, or med- I mean, I don't know, people are into meditation or they're not into meditation, but transcendental meditation is 20 minutes. And I swear when I do it, I'm like, wow, it I resets. don't even know what that is. What does that mean? <laughs> It's just, um, it's a 20 minute, you know, it's a meditation where you have a mantra that you say to yourself during those 20 minutes. And when you start saying it over and over and over and over again for 20 minutes, it almost puts you into a trance and that you transcend. That's why I call it transcendental meditation. You transcend your mental layers and you get to a place that's like this. I don't even know. It's almost like hypnotic to me. And you you completely zone out. You so are what do able you to say, com- what are you telling yourself? Well, you have different? A, there's a secret, you get a secret mantra oh. when you join this whole program. I'm not oh. going to tell you what mine is because it's secret and I would be, but it's very, you know, it's Indian and it's, you know, it doesn't mean anything to me. It's Sanskrit, I think. And it's, you just repeat this one thing over and over again. It's like, you know, three syllables. It's nothing. Oh, I see. Okay. It's like saying bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. Oh my God. <laughs> you know? I thought it was <laughs> like, you're a wonderful woman or something. No, like it's Sanskrit. So I have no idea what it is. And it's almost better because it's like you just zone out on this yeah. sound almost. But you do it at home. Yeah, you do it at home. You're supposed to do it twice a day. I'm not really good about doing it twice a day, but um, you're supposed to. And it, when I do do it and I'm committed to it, it really works to help me stay calm. And I'm sure that same thing is true for the five minutes of breathing and the five gratitudes. I think, you know, if we can get there, that helps us be able to change our behavior. Another mm-hmm. thing Dan and I did last night, he was at work. He was gone for two days. So we were trying to connect and I was sending him all these pictures of when the kids were babies and we were reflecting Mm -hmm. on like what were our lows here and what were our highs and like what can we do better now because I feel like we've both grown a lot when you first have kids you're like totally clueless and then you learn what works and what doesn't and how it literally stems from you and you have the power to change what's happening in your own house you do That's the biggest thing. I think when I teach my courses, the normal thing is I get an email full of all the things the kids are doing wrong, (laughs) you know, but I get it. That's what I would have done too. Right. Right. And we, and I have, I have to change these things. And you're a parenting coach. You have to help me change these things. And then when we start getting into it, I can see there's these aha moments where they're like, oh my gosh, wait, I have to change. And that's the biggest movement you can get is when you change. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think following the holistic psychologist on Instagram is huge for anybody that like mm-hmm. wants to self heal. Well, I like path. the reason I like her is because she uses journaling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really believe in journaling. And we've had um, a couple of episodes where we've talked about journaling with self care one and the triggers one and whatever. And I think I'd like to come out with a uh, hopefully I can come out with like um, a good like journaling template um, or something yeah or packet yeah. or something like here's why and how and everything and here's yeah. some things you can journal about I think getting to like your oldest memories is a good place to start like what's your first memory what's your first memory as a kid what's your first memory of, of, of your parents mm-hmm. and journaling about that how did you feel and then it starts kicking up all these other memories and you're like oh my gosh wait what and you don't even sometimes know you have them because you've like stuffed them mm-hmm. and when you start remembering that stuff then you can start healing about yourself and then another way I like to journal too is to journal about what's going on you know present day with me and my kids 
Like, here's the situation. Like, how, why did this go down this way? And I think it's cathartic to write it for me. It's really cathartic to write it and it's cathartic to talk about it too. But to write it for me is, I think that's why Instagram has been so good for me because it's become my journal. Right. And so each day I'm like, oh, and then I have people commenting on it and then it gets richer and it's like, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. We're meant to live in a village. We're not meant to go through all this stuff alone and process it all alone. And Mm -hmm. there should always be somebody there that like takes your kid when you need a second. But in our... culture there's not so you just have to like grin and bear it and try not to explode every minute right and I think too going to like our Facebook group I think is a good place to say like I'm venting this was really crappy today and this was awful and oh wait this was my win and like having people connect with you that way you feel validated and you feel heard and you feel seen and then your your experience isn't so lonely I think that's why the Facebook group's been really good. I really like it in there. So Mm -hmm. that's a good place to be too. You can't do enough, you know, you just can't. You also have to have, isn't it five positive interactions for one negative? So if you do that with your kids, I feel like that also helps like balance your Mm -hmm. demeanor towards them. Because when I just feel like all day I'm getting like, I was going to say HS, H, what's the word? H. Yeah, I was going to say when I feel like I'm getting that on all day. Can you cuss on a podcast or will we get flagged or something? (laughs) I'm sure we're spelling it. It's so dumb. It's like still the same thing. When I feel like I'm getting crapped on all day by my children, then I just like don't feel like being the parent that I want to be. But of course not. Yeah. When you try to like change your view of them or see them through fresh eyes throughout the day, I think it's easier yeah, I like that's why I like special time too, because it yeah. gets me like, oh yes, they are human. They are not just yes. like these angsty teenagers. Oh my god, <laughs> can't um, even imagine. No, but we still do special time. My fourteen, she'll be fourteen in, in next week, and she's still does special time. So Love you. Yeah, that's really sweet. Well, I think we covered okay. it. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, Gemma. <laughs>